Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. You're so good, oh God. As Ashley was sharing today, I was reminded that we are standing in the middle of the finished work of Christ. Man, as we are praying over today, whoo, sorry, I'm gonna get a little emotional. Love when the tears flow. We were praying this morning. Ashley was talking about barriers, and I was just feeling that in my spirit, just like distractions and barriers. And I, just, I even felt that in my spirit today. I'm like, God, what is this? Like, I feel like a little, you ever feel those in the morning? Like, you're trying to start, you're trying to start something, and it feels like the flint isn't catching fire. You feel like you don't have enough just to push in. And we were, we were praying in here. And it brought me back to the scripture that I've overcome all the world. We have to remember this. When Christ went to the cross, it wasn't to start the battle. Sometimes I think we're in that mindset, right? We're in a battle. We got a war. We got a fight. Yes, I understand it's a spiritual warfare. But what Christ did on the cross is a finished, complete work. And when Jesus came to the, the earth, the religious people didn't understand it. They're in the middle of atonement, middle of regulation, middle of everything. But when Jesus came, it was to put a period down. And so God, in his finished work, now we stand in the middle of the finished work of Christ. And that is alive in us today. The same power that rose Christ from the dead now lives in me. Now lives in me. And I just got up today, man. I'm ready to do uh, some alignment with what God wants to accomplish in my life and my family and around the world. I want to start off today. Uh, this has been a very uh, crazy last couple days, few days as Russia has invaded Ukraine. I want to take a minute, just get in a posture of warfare today, just because we know that the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's, right? The scripture even says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, yeah, says the Lord. And so I want to stand in that today as a church and surround those in Ukraine, surround those that are right now full of fear. I mean, their world has been crumbled and some are standing in the ash of what once was community, of what once was churches and buildings and homes. And that uh, <laughs> it breaks my heart. Today, we're not going to fight with might and power. We're going to fight by the spirit of the Lord. And that spirit causes freedom. So I want to do something as a church. Can you just get in a posture of warfare? If you can, if you're physically able, I would just want to get on our knees today. It's to kneel in prayer. If you're able to do that, fine. If not, would you just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's, let's pray over those in Ukraine today. Today, God, we wage war against what the enemy is trying to accomplish. His plans haven't changed. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. And today, we speak life over that country. We speak life over the family structure. We speak life over the church in Ukraine. We speak life over every missionary, every pastor, every leader, every school teacher, every person you've put in authority. We pray for the president, God, right now. We pray that you would empower and strengthen in Jesus' name. God, we wage war. We bind what the enemy did. Devil, you are a liar. You are a thief. You are a liar and a thief, and we just come against you. We bind you in Jesus' name with the finished work of Christ. We stand against what you're doing, 
And we pray for life to come in. God, we pray for more salvations to come throughout this time than any other time in history. I pray that this would be a great awakening in Ukraine. I pray that this would be a time, Lord God, where you would restore hearts, restore peace, restore joy, restore strength above circumstance, deeper than situation. God, we pray that hearts would be mended. Souls to be united. I pray that relationships would be mended, God, and families and structures. And I pray that in this time, God, when, when it looks like ash and it looks like nothing, God, that's when you restore. And we pray for that life to be built right now in Jesus' name. We surround every life. God, we surround every life. Minister to them, God, as a heavenly father. Minister to them as a loving father who cares deeply. I pray that they would feel your presence. They would feel, they would feel your love and your words over them. God, we thank you that what you said and what you've done is already finished. Yes, and we just speak that over Ukraine right now. Bring to justice, Lord God. Yes. Bring to justice. Mm -hmm. Pray that you would remove from seats of authority that need to be removed, God. Do your work. We just, we, we bind and loose in the spirit. Amen. So do it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Come on, come on, give a clap offering. Put the enemy underneath God right now. The Lord is the one who has the victory. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you as a church, add to your prayer list. Let's not just be a church that prays on Sundays or prays when you see something online, but make it a part of your daily to get on your knees and pray for those in Ukraine. Amen. Can you do that? How many know that God works in every situation? And God always turns the enemy's plans into good for those that he called and those that, that love him. And so I'm praying right now for revival to break out of Ukraine. That in the deepest, darkest spaces, we saw it in China, the communist ran, the church grew. People were saved and come to Jesus. So I'm praying that same thing in Ukraine, that God moves in this time. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, we're moving on our tour. You realize that we, uh, we started in the beginning. We were in the youth room, the kind of multi-purpose room last week. And now, welcome to the production room. We've moved on to the production room. This is where all of our live streaming is going to happen. Our production, our hosting online. Uh, we have an online campus uh, that we've had to push pause because we're working on internet to come into this space. Yeah. So pray with us for quick, fast moving and that. Um, but today I want to talk about the mission of Christ and um, how many are so thankful that God only doesn't just move in you, but he moves in you to move through you. How many are thankful for that? I mean, as an accomplisher and as someone who likes to get things done, check things off, I love that I'm a part of a mission that's bigger than myself. And we are a part of that. It's not just about us in this room. It's about those that haven't come to Christ yet. Um, those that are away from him. His heart as a father is to, to seek out his children and to love them. So I want to look at Acts chapter 1 today. If you would turn with me in your Bibles Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is Jesus' words over his disciples. Some of the last words spoken. Bring it to remembrance here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to point out in this, number one, 
that God promises us as his people power. Power. I, I feel like today, especially, the world is in need of a church that has power. Amen. The world is in need of a church that is alive to the mission of Christ and is alive to the power of Christ. When we realize as a, as a church, we move differently, we talk differently, and we release differently. The power of Christ that's in us is for a reason. How many have ever seen Spider-Man? And you know that conversation that happens with his uncle when, when uh, Peter Parker finally realizes that he has all of this, these powers and he's figuring out what to do with them. And his uncle says the greatest line ever known to man, it's with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that as the church, when we realize that we have power, we have to understand that we have a responsibility with that power. Yeah. It's with our voice. It's with how we're using our influence. It's with how we're using our stage. Um, every one of us, God has given a specific authority to use. The Bible says that God puts all govern and all authority and all leadership in place. Therefore, you have to look around and say, where has God placed me to influence? Now, today I want to look here because there's three things that he points out uh, to the disciples and to the mission of Christ. And he said to Jerusalem, which was their hometown, right? And then he moves on and says Judea and Samaria, which was the surrounding area. And then he says to the ends of the earth. So there's, there's three places I want to look at today. Three places in your life that we need to hone in on because this is the mission of Christ on our life. Number one, your inner circle. You have to say, what is your Jerusalem? Where has God placed you? Where has he called you? And what is around you? What's in your inner circle? Who are the people that God has given you influence over? I think about uh, just where God has led and guided this church as we've been at Warehouse on Watts and Punchline and all the amazing relationships we've gotten to build. And you can look at your life and see all throughout your life, you've moved maybe from place to place. And some of you have lived overseas and some of you have, have moved to America to create a new life for yourself. Some of you have moved city to city and some of you have been here your whole life. Hey, rock on. You're the solid OGs of Philly. And all of us, we're on a journey, but you have to look every stage of your life. God has been placing strategically you in places of influence to speak, to, to love, to live. But it all comes from the place of power. And my prayer over today is that we leave here and you leave here encouraged and challenged in your power, understanding the effect you have on your world. You see, even the whole thing with Ukraine, there's a lot of things that um, have gone down and now are online. And it's amazing to me what happens in our world today because uh, information is so fast today. It wasn't like this 10 years ago, you know? But today you hear about something overseas instantly. And then if you don't look at it in the first 10 minutes of it happening, your influx of all this information of everybody's opinions and what they think happened and all this stuff. And it's like, how do you hone in on the truth of what's going on here? But, but seeing uh, what happened this last, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before when uh, America offered an evacuation for the president. And I just want to hone in on his statement 
because I think it's 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 kind of crucial and important to look at it uh, this approach and position. And I think when I when I read it and we were talking about, it, I was like, you know what? That is the posture that the church needs to take. And here's here's what he said. So when he refused the American offer to evacuate, insisting that he would stay, and he said, the fight is here. He said, we aren't going to lay down weapons. We will protect the country. Our weapon is our truth, and our truth is that it's our land, our country, our children, and we will defend all of that. That takes courage. To be in the midst of understanding a war has broken out. And I just want to put it out there today as we talk about positioning and posturing and production and live streaming and reaching out to those that are far from God. I want you, us to understand we're in a war. We're in a war. And the beautiful part about this war is that we work from the finished work of Christ. Yeah. So even though we're not battling against right, winning the victory. We've already overcome, so that's already ours. But we're in the middle of waging a war against what God wants to do on earth. It's bringing his kingdom to earth. And man, what would happen if we got that in our spirits? If you got that in your spirit, say, we will fight. He said, I don't need a, an exit plan. I need ammunition. I don't need a way out. Just put some weapons in my hands. And I want to tell you today, God has given you weapons of warfare. He's given you the ability to wage war and to be victorious in your life and in those around you. He's given you influence in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and now because of technology and where we are today to the ends of the earth. We're able to spread the gospel faster today than we ever have in the history of mankind. It's amazing. And what we read 10, 15 years ago, and we would say in the church is that God's spirit's going to be poured out in all flesh and everybody's going to see it together. That couldn't even register because where we were. But because of all the technology, now we stand in a time where we can proclaim the gospel across thousands and thousands of miles and across the world in one split second. Isn't that amazing? So today I'm standing here and today I'm asking you that you take a posture and a position to say, this is war. This is war. We will fight. We will not back down because of the opioid uh, craziness going on in our city. We will not back down because of the homicide statistics. We will not back down because of what the enemy is trying to buff his chest out at us. We're not backing down. The darkness may seem prevalent, but today I want to put it in your spirit to wage war. Say, we will not leave this land. This is our land. This is our country. These are our children. This is our family. We will fight. Yeah. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight for what God has given us? He said, you will receive power, power from on high, power from the most high when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Do you know that today, 40% of churchgoers have walked away from the church. During the last two years, it said across the board, 40% of people walked away from the church and probably will not return. Now that's the statistic that it, it should shake us as the church because yes, there's online, yes, there's live stream, that's so good, but the Bible says, don't shy away from the gathering as some are in the habit of doing. Why? The gathering is so important. 
How many know that community is where growth happens? Right? Community is where growth happens. And we have to understand the enemy is at war. He's trying to dominate that which God ordained. And God ordained family. God ordained the church. God ordained marriage. God ordained these things. And so we, we as a church, we have to realize we're in a war. So are you ready to fight? Are you ready? So why does the enemy care about community? I want to look at community and what's built in it. And why we say we do life together here at this church. We say that all the time and we believe it. But why it's so important and why we hold it at such high regard. This is what happens in community. Number one, character is built. Character is built. Character can't be built in any other place than community. If you're on your own and you're doing your own thing, your character is probably going to be shaped by your perspectives, your agenda, your thoughts, your patterns, what you've grown up with and all that you know. And go, to go forward, we sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron. And so character is built in the, in the vastness of community. When I'm around you and you're around me, we sharpen each other. And there are things in me that need to come off and be pruned. There's something in you that there's parts of you that, that maybe you've held on to and hidden, but I believe that in community is where God helps us prune to get better and to grow new fruit. Yeah. Number two is creativity is empowered and unleashed. Creativity is empowered and unleashed. Uh, prophecy. I think about uh, the prophetic words that uh, have been spoken over my life over the years, and maybe you've had those, those words spoken over you in different environments. Maybe even in this church, you've had a word spoken over you. Those things can only happen in the community. It's when you have community, creativity is empowered and unleashed. Purpose is brought to the forefront. There are things in you that need to be spoken over and grown. There are things inside of you that God wants to bring out to the surface. And it can only happen sometimes when you're in a group and someone speaks something over you. And someone says, hey, why aren't you using that? Why aren't you doing that? What, go for it. It's that encouragement and the inspiration. Did you know the word encourage literally means to pour courage into? And so when we're in a, in a gathering, when we're in a setting, when us guys are talking or, or the girls you're talking or just one-on-one, -on -one, when we talk to one another in the scriptures and, and, and life and, and encouraging you and, and what you've been through and what God can do and remind you of the word of God, you're literally pouring courage into the top of the head of someone else. You're pouring courage into their heart, you're pouring courage into their spirit, giving them something to go for it. And so that's why community is so important because out of this space of community, purpose comes to the surface. It's strengthened. It's empowered. It comes to this place of knowing who you are in Christ. It's discovered and grown in community. And the third thing, and this is what Jesus speaks in John chapter 17, verse 23, he says, uh, I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Change is made in community. True transformation, the revelation of who Christ is, only can be found when the church is united. When we're spread out, when we're divided, there is no unity and the world can't see who Christ is. Yeah. But when we do life together, 
When we do life, even when it's hard, even when you hurt me and I forgive, even when I hurt you and you say, you know what, I understand your heart. Come on, let's do this thing. We have that forgiveness. When that happens, we show the world who Christ is. So in community, character is built, creativity is empowered, change is made in the unity of Christ. So that's why it's so important that we do life together in community and that we get the word out. So number one, I want to ask you this question. Who's your Jerusalem? Who's your inner circle? Who has God placed you in? Your workplace, your family, those in your inner circle that you communicate with all the time. That's your inner circle. And then here's the next question. Who's your Judea and Samaria? What's outside? So everybody, can you just grab out your phone real quick? Some of us have iPhones, Androids, and you got your invisible phone. Everybody's got your phone. These things have gotten so stinking smart. They carry everything. They do everything. I feel like, man, almost everything. I mean, if it could cook food, it would, it would do everything. But these phones are something that we today can look at two ways. We can either look at it as a device to entertain, right, to accomplish, to do things, or I want to change the perspective today and look at it as a weapon of warfare. This is a very powerful tool that can actually become something of life change for those in your circle. A text, a social media post, something. This can be used to empower and encourage. I remember being at a conference and at the conference they were talking about the power of words and the power of the effects of your community and um, it was so good. And at the end, they had us bring out our phones and text somebody that we wanted to encourage and love. And I thought about that transformation is that if we think of our devices or our influence as something we can use to empower from a place of power, then all of a sudden, the trajectory of where we're going, all of a sudden, the mission that we're on changes. Because now it's not about us, it's about those that are to come. The Judea and Samaria, those that we haven't met yet, those that are in our surrounding communities, those that maybe have fallen away from God or don't know Christ yet, those. I, I wanna empower you today to look at your phone differently, to look at your influence differently, and to say, how can I use my power to affect those that surround? Maybe not those in my inner circle, but those that God wants me to use to reach and to go deeper, to go deeper. Hey, one word could change everything. So I want you to look at this room. This is a pretty cool room, very spacious. We got windows all around, which I love because you can see what's happening in our online community. Sometimes in our past, we've had online in a closet or a room. It was in my office, in my house. And so I'm really thankful that now we can have a space where they can spread out, have all the desks, have the TV on the wall. But I want you to look here because on the back wall, we're going to have a space where it's going to be a hosting area. We're going to have a backdrop and the lighting and a mic and everything like that so that we can host those online. Now, why this is so important is because online, that connection we have online is a step towards community. Sometimes, you know, you can hear maybe people think of social media as like a bad thing or 
You even hear pastors like, oh, you should get away. No, I don't think so. I think it's actually a step towards community. It's not community and it can't replace community, but it can be the step towards something that is beneficial and productive. And so when we look at this space today, we said, hey, how can we create an environment where we create a window into where you should be? Because how many know that through the pandemic, it got crazy. And there are a lot of people that are still in fear. A lot of people are in a, in a space where they're still dealing with anxiety and still dealing with taking those steps towards community. And I'm so thankful that we're creating a space where we can show a window into what God wants to produce in them. So we're going to have a host in the back, hosting those online, welcoming them into the family of Christ, that even if they're at home or at work or wherever they are, they can feel connected to what God wants to do. Now, I love the windows because I, I, I want to keep it in front of us at all the time that this is bigger than us. It's not just about this building, but it's about those that God wants to move and, and reach. I believe with all my heart, God wants to stir revival in Philadelphia. And I believe that it's going to come to this land. I believe that we're a church that, that God is calling. There's a lot of churches around Philadelphia. You know, I believe that God is raising up men and women who will say, this is my land. This is my territory. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to go after it. And so I want to look at uh, John chapter 1 because this is the invitation that we are giving as a church to those in this city and our neighborhoods as we look at our Jerusalem, our Judea, Samaria, as we start this um, season of inviting and really going after uh, what God wants to do in our communities. I want to look at this uh, invitation that John gives his disciples. By the way, shout out to Jennifer, Danielle, Michael, and all those who painted this room. Shout out. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. So good. But John chapter 1, verse 35 says, The next day, John was there again with his two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. John had been talking to his disciples about Jesus. And he was the one in the wilderness when he was baptizing people. He said, there's one coming that I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. This is the Messiah. This is the one that's going to change everything. And now we see John walking with his disciples. And now he sees Jesus in a distance and he says, look, there he is. This is the one I've been talking about. This is the one that's going to transform everything. And then verses later, now we read the next day, they see Jesus again. And he says, look, look, look. I want us to point something out here. 
because John pointed it out twice of where Jesus was and who he was. But it wasn't until the second invitation that Peter said, I'm going to follow Jesus. It might take multiple invites. It might take multiple uh, rejections. It might take multiple times of loving through, loving to. It might be multiple times. How many are thankful that God is already working in the hearts of people and all we are responsible to do is plant those seeds to grow? And John, he said to his disciples, there he is, there he is, there he is. And finally they said, all right, let's follow Jesus. Now, I love this conversation because they're like, Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus doesn't say, down at the Hilton. Oh, I'm staying at this guy's house. Oh, I'm staying here. What does he say? Come and see. This is the journey of Christ. It's to come and see. Come on the journey with me, walk with me, and see. And this is the invitation we're going to give to everybody online, all of those that we love. We're going to invite, we're going to put out the word. Why? We're inviting them to come and see the true transformation of Jesus Christ in their life. The only thing that can change everything is a life with Jesus. And so he says, come and see. And that's why this church believes in creativity, because our whole goal is creative approach, creative approach. How can we uh, really just bring people into this space? We're going to think up crazy ideas. We have amazing creatives on this team. They're thinking out of the box. Why? Creative approach for the purpose of radical encounter. Because once you get here, you encounter something greater. Creative approach, I don't care how we do it. Anything short of sin, get people here. I don't care. We're going to do everything short of sin to make sure people have an encounter with Christ. Because when they get here, it's an invitation. Come and see. Come and see. Man, I want to challenge you. Who, who is God calling you to give that invitation to? Say, come and see. I know you've been living for that. I know you've been going after that. But come and see what God wants to do in your life. Peter went from Pebble, Simon, to Cephas, Peter, Rock. And where we just sang about it today, we said, I will build my church upon this rock. Mm -hmm. And all it came from was an invitation. Come and see. Mm -hmm. Come and see. I want to pray over today over our phones. We've been praying over the walls, and if uh, you notice, we painted over and sealed in the promises of God that we wrote on these walls. We sealed in the words that we spoke of hope, of life, of exodus. We, we sealed in the, the words of refuge and shelter. We sealed in the promises of unity and power and strength. I even... I even read some that were talking about revival in the city. We, we painted over those who are the next generation of leaders that are coming in this space. We already painted over those promises. And last week, we, we wrote letters and, and influenced into the next generation to be the Mordecais that are speaking life into the Esthers, to speak hope and to, to speak reality into the next generation that become the leaders of tomorrow. Today, I want to focus on praying over our phones and our influence that we would become ones that give the invite to come and see. That we would understand we are in a battle. 
but we are coming from the finished place of Christ. Therefore, every text message that comes out of our phone, every post online, every time we share something of, of the word of God or share something that encourages, we're pouring courage into and we're coming from a finished work of Christ. You know what's on the other side of that invite? The power of Christ. Ooh, can I just remind you, just like an ax, you will receive power with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's not just a text message. It's a text of power. Man, when you, when you release encouragement to somebody, it's an encouragement of power. You have no idea what's on the other side of that. When we push out the live stream, this isn't just a stream just to entertain. It's not just a production for someone to be entertained. This is a production of power. That when it comes into the living room, it shifts things. It changes the atmosphere. That the power of God starts to move in the kitchen. They're like, whoa, what was that? They feel the release. It's a tangible presence. And yes, God is everywhere. I get it. God is omnipotent. He's all over the place. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God. What God wants to do here in this city, he wants to let his glory come to the earth. So I want to pray over our phones and our influence, what God wants to use us to do. I want you to ask yourself, who's around me? Who are some of my friends, some of my colleagues, some of my coworkers that God is calling me to invite and say, come and see. Come and see what God wants to use you to do. There's some creativity in you that God wants to empower. Man, there's some character God wants to build you in you. There's some change God wants to use you to make and do and promote. And God's going to use you. So would you grab out your phone? I know it's kind of silly, but we're going to pray for the anointing of Christ just to rest on these devices. And then we use them for greatness. And we use them with that power in mind. Uh, so would you just hold that? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we are together. We thank you for this time where, uh, Lord Jesus, you're raising something in our spirits to say, this is our land. This is our territory. This is our neighborhood. This is our family. These are my children. This is my marriage. This is our church. This is what you've, you've built and you want to do and accomplish. And so God, I pray that in this moment, you would anoint this device. Anoint my text messages, anoint my social posts, anoint everything I do with this device, Lord God, to influence the world around me. And we just make this simple prayer. Say, God, help me to see my power. Lord, help me to use my influence for the good of your kingdom to come to earth. I just pray that over every individual in this room, I pray that you would create in us a, a, just a, 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 Lord God, give us that sense that you want to do something great in us. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everybody that's going to be on the other side of this invite those that are going to respond to the come and see, those are going to respond and have that radical encounter. In fact, can we just turn us and, and just pray over those that we're going to invite for the radical encounter and thank God for what he's going to do in their lives. God, I thank you that everybody that's going to walk into this space is going to be radically encountered by your presence. I thank you, God, that you're going to move in a mighty way, Jesus. I thank you for how you're going to rock their world, rock their situation. I thank you for what you're going to put back together and redeem. I thank you for what you're going to restore. I thank you, God. I thank you for the, the little ones you're going to raise up to be mighty men and women of God. I thank you for the next generation. You're going to break the statistics. 
uh, of, of those that are dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And God, I thank you that you're going to break that in Jesus' name by the power that we have. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We trust you. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Sean, if you wouldn't mind just putting on some worship music. I want to pray over our live stream uh, production and, and what we're doing to create an online campus. Many of you are part of that team and a part of building that community. And I believe that on the other side of that community, on the other side of that invite, on the other side of that live stream, we're going to see lives transformed and come to be a part of life-giving community. So I, I want to just spend some time just as we worship, just set the atmosphere. And can we just, if you would, just kind of make your way up here if you want to kind of gather around the outside if some of you want to come in here. I want to just pray and pray for God's anointing to rest in here, that we understand it's not just about production. It's not just about cameras. It's really about lives that are on the other side. Amen. I want you to pray like this. Uh, sometimes, you know, we think of, we think of invites and production as maybe something we're just putting out. But God just gave me this picture of those that uh, might be unsettled and might be in a place where they feel uh, they don't know what direction to take. And the Lord just showed me this picture of us with one of those rings, like the life-saving devices, you know? And he, he, he gave me a picture of us just throwing it out. And every time we do live stream, it's throwing out a lifeline. Say, grab a hold. Let me pull you into community. And every time we love on somebody, we say, hey, would you go to church with me? We're throwing out a lifeline. Hey, you can grab that. On the other side, I'll pull you into community. This is where, come and see what God wants to do in you. Can we just pray for those lifelines? Can we pray for those invites? Can we pray for those lives on the other side? They would grab a hold of a life-saving device and come into a community where they could be healed, where they could be whole. Come on, some of us, we're going to release that healing over our friends. We're going to release that healing over our workplaces, over those that we influence. We're going to release that in Jesus' name. Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.